for the second time in a row I attempted to walk you through Romans 1 through 11, and I've given up. I, I cannot do it. Um, it's just too classroom for me to give you a summary of 11 chapters of Scripture. I looked up this last week that uh, John Piper preached to the book of Romans for eight years, 276 sermons. For me to try to accomplish it in one work is just not possible. In fact, Martin Lloyd-Jones, um, he's a famous Welsh pastor, he uh, has 14 volumes for his sermons on Romans. So you're on your own. Okay, so what we're going to do two weeks from today, we're going to start Romans chapter 12 together, Romans 12 through 16. We're kind of assuming the theological foundation, and then we're going to uh, just do the practical side of that toward the end of Romans together. So two weeks from today. So my daughter Sophia, who's 11, is doing volleyball this year. This is a new experience for us, especially watching 9, 10, 11 year olds play volleyball. It's not always the volleyball that you just kind of picture <laughs> as they get older. They're learning how to play volleyball. So I'm going to test your volleyball skills. Okay, the ball comes over the net. The team has how many hits to get it back? Three. Okay. Now there's, there's terms that we use for that. The first hit is what? If, it's, if it works the way it's supposed to, what? Bump and then what? Set and then? Okay, so that is an illustration of last week, this week, and next week when it comes to our teaching time together. So last week we heard from um, a number of our sisters just kind of sharing, hey, here's some ways that, that we've been encouraged in our walk with God, here's some scripture that means a lot to us. So that was the bump, okay? This week is the set, and I'm going to use Isaiah 6 to set, and then next week, does anyone know what next week is on the church calendar? Pentecost, very good, Kyle, you get the brownie points. Pentecost, we're going to walk through Acts 2 together, and that way well, you cheated, you were here for service. So um, <laughs> next week we're going to look at um, Acts 2 and what is Pentecost all about as we journey through our, our focus on the church calendar this year. So God just laid it on my heart to walk you through Romans 6, this, not Romans, Isaiah 6 uh, this morning. I don't think there is ever a bad time to pause and be reminded where God is, who God is, what he does for us or did for us, and how we should respond. All of that is in Isaiah chapter 6. Uh, there's not a week that goes by that we don't gather together where we could all say life is crazy. You just open up any news app or any kind of just anywhere and you just look around, it's like the world has just gone crazy. Don't, don't, fool, don't be fooled by that though. The world's always been crazy ever since sin entered the world. You know, I think there is a generation that kind of looks back and says, well, there was a high point, especially in American culture, where you know, it was just very moral and things were great. Maybe the 50s, 60s, there's a lot of different debate about that, but I was listening to a podcast uh, yesterday describing a variety of things, and, and it was interesting how our, our memory only goes back as far as, as as old as our oldest folks are. But prior to that high point of the 50s and 60s, America wasn't any better. The Western world wasn't any better. Life is always, 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 always crazy. And there's never a bad time to just take a time out and say, let's put our eyes on God in a, in a more intentional way. I think we try to do that every week as we go through our, our liturgy of God is holy and we are sinners and 
Jesus saves us and Jesus sends us. But today, let's do that in a bit more intentional way. So let me, we're going to walk through the 13 verses of Isaiah chapter 6, and we're going to pray together. We're going to walk through this. In fact, uh, uh, one of you, I won't say who, walked in and says, you're getting really lazy on your sermon notes. It's just a blank page. And I said, that's because we're going to pray together. And so this individual says, well, I guess I got to leave early. I'm like, no, no, time out, okay? You're a part of this together. Uh, we're going to walk through this. So Isaiah 6, verses 1 to 3 says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, it's just kind of a historical marker, it's kind of the end of some good things that were happening for the nation at that time. In the year that King Uzziah died, I, what? What's that next word there? I saw the Lord. That word saw, see, seen, we're going to kind of wrap, use that as kind of our outline today. I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. A few weeks ago, we got a glimpse of uh, the monarchy of uh, England as they coronated King Charles. And there was some, some specialness with all of that. And that pales into comparison to this scene. On the throne, train of his robe fills the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, the angels, each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And one called to another and said, in fact, read this out loud with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Whenever scripture kind of repeats three words, you kind of pay attention. It's a sign of perfection. And, and God is just ultimate pureness, ultimate purity, holy, 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 absolute perfection is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of army. Uh, the um, NIV says Lord Almighty. And then it says the whole earth is full of his what? His glory. It's his presence. Genesis 1, we read how he creates men and women, male, female, in his image. And then he says, go be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. He wants his image, his glory to fill the earth. And here the truth is the whole earth is full of his glory. So let's pause here and let's pray that. In fact, let's use this as kind of a prayer prompt. Uh, Lord Almighty, we see your what? When we add to the when we add from the rest of scripture to here, we not only see his holiness, we see his glory, but, but let's pray together. Just You know how we do this. Lord Almighty, we see your what? Let's pray together. What do we see? Your hand, yeah, your right hand. Yeah, what else do we see? Beauty. Lord Almighty, we see your what? Your power. Yeah, your justice. Yeah, majesty. Yeah, your love. There, there are character traits that sometimes seem in tension with each other, but that's okay. What else do we see? Grace. Your grace. Your healing. Yeah, he cares, doesn't he? Yeah. What else? Protection. Yeah. 
Yeah. Patience. One of the beautiful things about Scripture is that it will, um, it often course corrects us. Because some of you this morning need to be reminded of the, the, the imminent side of God that he's close to us. And some of you need to be reminded of the transcendent side of God, his holiness and greatness, because both are true. They're, they're both a reality that we even sang about this morning that behold our God, but yet his wondrous love for us, both are true. So look at verse four. And the foundations of the thresholds, they shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, I'm going to pause there. So Isaiah is taking in this scene, and in a moment he's going to respond. And I just want to remind you, there, there, sometimes you just come across a scene, and you have to respond. Like you have no choice but to respond. Uh, Elijah uh, just uh, got up to um, um, Bar Harbor, Maine, where he's going to work for the summer. And so he's texting us all these pictures of, I mean, they've only been there a couple days, and what's that? Lots of videos, too, of just the scenery up there, and it's absolutely gorgeous. So the, the thing he sent us this morning, and I can show a few of you later on, but uh, he, he shows this picture of this, I mean, it is a mammoth rock, and it's sitting right on the edge of, of a cliff, and he's underneath it like he's holding it up, and his text was, I saved the town, they gave me a medal of honor. Only Elijah would say that. But, but just as he sends all these pictures of creation, you're like, whoa. Or when we see a phenomenal sports play, we're like, whoa. Or we just see something, we, we respond. And folks, I just wanna make sure that we're putting our eyes on this truth of holy, 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 king on his throne, there's a response. What is the response? In verse five, he says, and I said, woe is me. For I, I'm lost. I am a man of unclean lips. Why is that, that, that phrase unclean is so important? Because you couldn't go in the presence of God being unclean. He just recognized like, oh no. But then he maybe takes a little bit of comfort. He says, uh, uh, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. It's like, it's not just me, it's all of us. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I want to give you an opportunity just for a moment to just between you and the Lord pray this prayer. Lord Almighty, I see my what? Take a moment, just between you and the Lord. You respond to God's holiness by seeing your whatever it is. Take a moment and do that.
one of the things that uh, the church is not very good at at times is corporate confession. We tend to spend a lot of time as individuals, and that's fine. But I, I want to take a moment when he says, uh, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. There's a, there's a corporate sense of our brokenness before the Lord. So I want to go to him, and I want us to, to just adjust the prayer just a little bit that says, Lord Almighty, we see our what? Let's just confess uh, our corporate brokenness before him. What would you, how would you finish that prayer? Lord Almighty, we see our what? Our faults. What else do we see? Our lack of patience, yeah. It's called parenting, <laughs> yes. Lack of trust. Yeah, it's about us, isn't it? Our lack of faithfulness. Such a contrast to his faithfulness. What else? We see our what? Lack of praise. Yeah. We want to do our own thing, don't we? Sometimes we do it together. Father, we do make it about us. As individuals, but even as we watch the church react to um, a, lo a loss of influence, a loss of authority in our culture, um, Lord, sometimes we just hang on to that in a way that does not bring you glory. So we, just, we take a moment and just recognize that our response to seeing your holiness is to recognize our unholiness, and we confess that now. But there's grace. Look at verse six. One of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth. Now, initially you'd think, okay, this is not a good thing. And he said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Just beautiful. On this side of the cross, it puts our focus and attention on Jesus Christ. That's how he atoned for us. He was that ultimate sacrifice. So let's pray this together. How would you finish this prayer? Lord Almighty, we see Jesus and his what? What, what happens through Jesus? We see Jesus and his what? His forgiveness. Yep. Yeah. That's the reason he died. Yeah. Loved us so much. What else? We. Yeah. Yeah, he was that, that holy one that was allowed to be the sacrifice. What else? What are we giving the Lord praise for, Jesus? 
Yeah. Yep. Giving us path to giving us his path to the Yeah, he he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him, yes. Yeah. Took on the form of a servant. Yeah. And was obedient to the point of death. Thank you for Jesus, Father. In a moment, we're going to gather around the Lord's table and be reminded of that. But let me take you just a few more verses. Verse 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Now, most of the time, uh, you know, at least when I was growing up, that was always the Africa verse. Is that uh, they'd preach it and somebody was supposed to volunteer to go be a missionary to Africa. So we're not leaving until one of you volunteers to, to go do that. I'm, I'm kidding. Maybe Puerto Rico, I guess, <laughs> we could do that. But I want to broaden this today to this, this idea. Um, God's holy, sitting on his throne. We recognize we're the broken, sinful, in need of a savior. And he says, here, let me give it to you. And our response needs to be, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And so, in your mind, I want you to take a few moments between you and the Lord. What is it that, that you need to finish this prayer with? Lord Almighty, I see my need to what? what, what, where, what what's the, the hard part in responding? We're gonna look at what he's asked to do here in a moment, but what is God asking you to do? Take just a moment between you and the Lord and, and say, Lord, I see my need to what? Pray to him right now. Obedience isn't always easy. Um, this morning, I was driving here from, uh, from home, and as I was driving through my neighborhood, uh, I, I kept seeing folks like outside walking their dogs or just hanging out, drinking their coffee and uh, watering their lawn. I thought, it'd be nice to do that some Sunday morning. It'd just be like, it just feels like a nice Sunday morning. It'd be easy to do. Instead, I gotta come be with all you people, you know? So that's a, it's, it's a burden. It's a, somebody's gotta bear it. I'm joking. Um, but the reality, nobody's laughing. <laughs> She's like, note to self, don't, don't uh, say that anymore. But I'm joking. But, but um, following Jesus isn't easy. And what he asks Isaiah to do here certainly isn't easy. Look at what happens in verse nine. And he said, go and say to this people. So I've got something I want you to tell them. You think it'd be some nice encouraging words. It's not. So Isaiah's supposed to say to the people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. What he's saying is that God's telling Isaiah, hey, what you're going to tell them is actually they're, gonna, they're not going to respond to it 
with understanding. They're not going to respond to it with perception. He even goes as far in verse 10, make the heart of this people dull, their ears heavy, blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. They're not going to listen to you is what he's saying. This is really, really hard. And sometimes what God asks us to do in obedience to him is really hard. And maybe your mind is going to the things that are hard. And maybe our minds go to verse 11, our hearts, our, our, our emotions. Then I said, how long, O oh Lord? Have you ever asked that? God, how long do I have to keep doing this? How long do I have to keep obeying you in this area? How long do I have to struggle with this? How long do I have to suffer with this? Well, his response there said, until cities lie waste without inhabitant and houses without people and the land is a desolate place and the Lord removes people far away and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. He's saying that uh, you, you gotta keep preaching this message until there's going to be judgment. And that, that's got some similarities to what you and I are called to today. We're invited to tell a broken, fallen world, hey, there is a holy God, and we need to keep preaching it, but we know that there is judgment coming. And, and so we're, we're in the same boat with Isaiah. There is hope, though, in verse 13. He says, and though a tenth remain in it, so there's gonna be a small group of people still going to remain, it will be burned again like a terebinth or an oak, those are trees, whose stump remains when it is felled, and then it says the holy seed is its stump. Now there's a lot of prophecy stuff in here we could, we could tackle, but here's the point. Uh, throughout all of scripture, there's always this small remnant of people who remain faithful to him. And I'm encouraging you and I to be that remnant. Because it's not going to get any easier to follow Jesus. You're gonna continue to come across times of, of just this is discouraging, this is hard, this is frustrating, the rejection, the, the whatever it is. Maybe it's even just a relationship, a close relationship that you have with a, a relative, a coworker. And are we going to be faithful? So let's close our, our time of prayer. In fact, Bill, if you wanna come up, I don't know if Cam's joining you or not, but let's, um, let's pray this. In light of the whole passage, Lord Almighty, we see our need to what? In fact, maybe we lean into that phrase, how long, O oh Lord? But what do we need to be reminded? Let's just close our time in prayer with Lord Almighty. We see our need to, basically we're saying, God help us. What, what would you add to that? Lord Almighty, we see our need to what? Yeah, yeah. Not on everything else. Where, what, what are the things that we're thinking about? Yeah, what else? Say it again. Obedience, yeah. Or we need to obey. Yeah, to be bold. What else? Yeah. Do it with humility. We're not any better than the world. We're in need of a savior just like they are. Lord Almighty, we see our need to what? Yeah, yep. 
We know the end of the story, don't we? There's hope in that. One or two more. Yeah. Yeah. Stay surrendered. It's like a, a morning thing. You wake up and say, God, I surrender today. I'm going to surrender tomorrow. Yeah. It's a lot of brokenness around us. What are we doing about it? What can we do with it? Father, we, um, we thank you for this passage. Take just a, thank you for a, a moment to just be reminded that you're on a throne. You're high. You're lifted up. You're holy. You're perfect. Full of glory. Lord, we recognize our brokenness, our sinfulness, our need of a Savior. And we say thank you for Jesus. As we gather around the table now, I pray that you'll be glorified through that. We, we give you praise. We, we give you thanksgiving for Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we leave here in just a few moments. Would you bless us, encourage us, help us, strengthen us, empower us to be your people in the world that we're living in, the circles that, that, we, uh, that we live in. Use us for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.